Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. As he does on every Monday on this TGIM Monday, Rich Lowry, the editor of the National Review, he joins us this morning. We're honored to have him. Rich, good morning to you. What's up, fellas? You know. What's up, yo? Uh, <laughs> you right? you, into, you, you into this uh, basketball game tonight? Oh, yeah. And that was just a classic uh, over the weekend. I, I hate Duke, but even I had a twinge of empathy for Coach K. Really? And what he said really captured the, the essence of college basketball. He said he wants his team, you know, you guys played that clip just a second ago, wants his team to either be crying because they won or crying because they lost. That meant they gave it all. And people were crying. You know, the UNC coach was crying. Duke players was crying. And it was just, what, 18 lead changes? You, you don't get better than that. You know, it's funny. Your team, Virginia, won the championship just a couple of years ago. So there's no reason for you to be jealous. But, you know, you say you hate Duke. And I know it's kind of fashionable in this country to hate the Yankees because they're always great and Duke because they're always great in Dallas. they're rich. But, but I got to tell you, you know, you look at the program Krzyzewski run, ran, I should say, never got into trouble Never yeah. got, ne- never had to yeah. forfeit victories. Never had right, kids not, like UNLV or anything right. Like exactly, that. Grant yeah. Hill, Bobby Hurley. So I'm not sure why people hate Duke. If anything, they should really be the blueprint, Mike Shashevsky, about have a great program year in and year out without any issues. Even Bobby Knight was a mess. Yeah, that's why I felt that spasm of empathy very briefly. Well, I'll give you one. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you one turn in the punch ball here, or one negativity uh, piece of negativity about uh, Coach K is during the Duke lacrosse episode, he did not step up when he should have. When he saw an obvious injustice being done, he stayed quiet, and he could have made a difference back then. So, Yeah, uh, an, I had, I'd forgotten about that. That's a good point. He's, and he's also a little, little bit more one-and-done, more one-and-done guys than uh, I, I would have liked. But uh, no doubt, great, great career, legendary career, and he made it to the Final Four. And after that, you know, it's just a roll of the dice. So Rich Lowry from the editor uh, from the National Review, excuse me, the editor of the National Review. Speaking of crying, uh, you got the uh, the mainstream media, the fake news. This uh, laptop from hell, Washington Post, New York Times, come out, and now all the other news outlets, without really acknowledging it, they're acknowledging it and they're covering the whole thing like it's like it's brand new news. They're covering the 2013 trip on Air Force Two to China with the Hunter and his dad when the corruption really probably began in earnest back then. And they're covering it again, so they have egg on their faces, and it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's pleasing to watch from my point of view. But what do you make of all that, and why are they doing it, Rich Lowry? Well, it's, uh, it's taken them a year and a half, which is an awfully long time to, to get on top of a, a scoop. You know, when the uh, everyone was obsessed this last week over the, the missing gap and, and Trump's phone logs, which didn't turn out to be what they thought it was. But everyone jumped on that. But for some reason, they didn't jump on Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop. But let, better late than never. These newspapers with some really good reporters, I think, in the, uh, in the Washington Post story, there was some some new stuff or kind of uh, tied the narrative together in a, a better way. And I think this is one thing Republicans obviously have to investigate when they take the House. What did Joe Biden know and when did he know it about Hunter's activities? It's a little bit of a mystery why now, 
But uh, at least they're doing it. And at least the Washington Post ran an editorial saying, you know, you know what, maybe we, the media, should reflect on why we're so dismissive of this when it was fresh news. Yeah, but you know what, again, and I covered this uh, last week, too, and spoke to a bunch of people about it. I don't care about Hunter. We, we have figured out that Hunter's a degenerate. That's coming from me, by the way, not exactly <laughs> a, uh, a clean history myself. He's a degenerate, but it means nothing. If it doesn't go back to his father, I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care if Hunter Biden has 90 strippers and 10 pounds of cocaine. Yep. Who cares? And, and we do have evidence about the big guy. Miranda Devine talked about it. Boblinski talked about it. And yet all these media outlets, the New York Times, the Washington Post, refuse, refuse to even mention Joe Biden. So there's no victory. If anything, the Democrats may be doing this to say, hey, if you think Hunter Biden's going to hurt us in 2022, you're wrong because you're right. He is a degenerate, but it doesn't go back to his father. Mm-hmm. Totally endorse everything you said. Thank you. One, it's, it's not Joe Biden's fault that, that Hunter Biden is a, a degenerate, as you put it. Two, the, Joe Biden is, is the big fish here. And if it, this were Trump, obviously, if this were reversed and one of his, his kids were involved in this, oh. every single press conference, every single walk to the helicopter, every day on cable news, would be what did Trump know and when did he know it? We have none of that kind of drumbeat. So, as I say, I think Republicans are going to have to drive it from Congress when they when they at least take the House, and and, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, certainly there 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 are interesting suggestions. I, I don't know how much Joe Joe did know, but there are interesting suggestions that we already are aware of. So, Rich Lowry, yes, indeed, uh, the Biden administration. Uh, in, a, in a free fall, let's face it, poll-wise, every uh, uh, every other way, so they're in a free fall with the border, with uh, the Ukrainian war. You had Zelensky over the weekend basically implying that uh, the Biden administration is slowing down uh, sending over, you know, help, armaments, because they want the Russians to win some sort of uh, face-saving diplomatic off-ramp. But uh, so so... It's all part and parcel of the same thing, the reason why they're bringing up the laptop from hell. In other words, they smell the writing on the wall that Biden is done. He's toast. And I think there's something uh, that's why they're, you know, they're getting on that side of, of this, this this scandal because they know he's going down and they want, you know, they want to be on the right side of that. Yeah, well, the, the Ukraine, it's um, they're, they're clearly more stuff we could be getting to them faster. But just that they, they were able to repulse a Russian invasion uh, of, of their country aimed at Kiev is just astonishing. I mean, this is one of the uh, m- most stunning military achievements we've seen, I don't know, in a, in a, since 1948, maybe Israel repulsing all its invaders right at the outset. It's just extraordinary. But you know, it's um, no one's giving Biden credit for that, nor nor should they. And we have a ongoing uh, disaster on the border that's about to get worse. This repeal of Title 42 is going to open the, the floodgates in a way we just ha- haven't seen perhaps ever. I mean, we're just going to be overtopped and completely overwhelmed at the border at the end of May, unless there's some 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 sort of change or some dynamic I'm not aware of. Putin is uh, now changing his strategy. He was heading north. Now he's heading east. As the Ukrainians, you mentioned the Ukraine, continue to put up a, a, a just an incredible fight here and really taking back cities and not allowing Kiev to fall. Got to give those folks a heck of a lot of credit. But there was some talk last week that there was some peace negotiations on the way. I never bought it. I just thought he was moving in a different direction because he was getting his ass kicked. And I still feel that way. What do you think about the Ukraine-Russia war moving forward? 
Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a long slog there, as everyone says, heading south and east where they've performed better and try to take much as much territory as they can and then hold it and say, look, now, now negotiate. And the beginning point of the negotiations is this territory is ours and what are you going to do about it? So I think that's the next move. Uh, I, would, I would never underestimate the Ukrainians again. I underestimated them throughout this entire thing. So maybe they can resist that, but they're going to need more help. You know, Rich Lowry from the uh, National Review, I think for the first time the right right now is winning sort of uh, the culture wars. You have the don't say gay bill. It's not the don't say gay bill. It's the Parental Rights Act. But you have that and uh, the transgender issue, uh, you know, biological males competing against, uh, you know, biological women, which is wrong. And the public realizes that. So for the first time you're seeing this, yet you had Joe Biden last Thursday come out and support, you know, puberty blockers and, uh, you know, gender reassignment for for minors. I mean, really sick, sick, depraved stuff. I mean, what is going on there? But uh, can we take solace in the fact that we're winning the culture war on this? Yeah, front? I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a backlash. It's been very encouraging. But Democrats are totally out of touch on this. They're totally driven by the fanatics on their own side. Uh, we, we saw it in the Katanji Brown-Jackson confirmation hearings. I mean, she did everything she could to sound reasonable and moderate, right? She talked about God. She talked about her family. She talked about members of military and law enforcement, her family. She talked about the Constitution. Then they asked her, uh, what's a woman? She's like, I don't know. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> that was beyond dumb. That was beyond dumb. Because she knows she knows where the, the power yep. and the energy is in, yeah. on the Democrats and this crazy left. And you know, from Cat's Roundtable, you, you played the clip from Disney. You have the, the people in charge of the most important children's entertainment company in the world talking about this crazy stuff of trying to get more queer characters into our, our children's entertainment. So right. That's really disturbing. Well, it is, especially when 97% of the population isn't queer. Uh, last, uh, last thing for me, uh, if I had asked you to give me Joe Biden's response before this happened, my prediction, which is you would have gotten it 1,000% verbatim. And I'm talking about this awful tragedy from Sacramento, California. I don't know what happened, but it was very early on a weekday morning. There was a fight. There was a club. There was booze. Six people are dead. Twelve were injured. And what are we talking about again? Gun control. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you would be able to, to give me exactly what Biden said if I would have set this up before it actually happened, Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I haven't followed Sacramento closely, but just in news stories, you have all these local officials saying this downtown has been out of control for a long time. Yes, it's a rough so, hood, very rough hood. Yeah, so it's it's a symptom of the disorder that's been on the rise everywhere. And gun laws didn't change. I mean, there's nothing new about our gun regulations in this country. <laughs> What's changed is the environment around policing and public order. And it's it's been a debacle. And People paid terrible price for it, and they can continue to do so. And lastly, Rich Lowry, you've been writing about this, so I'm going to ask you about it. You know, the persecution of Clarence Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas, brilliant man, come from a hardscrabble background. I mean, just a, just a wonderful human being in my estimation. But, but from the high-tech lynching that he went through in his confirmation process in the early 90s to now, and, and throughout the years being called an Uncle Tom at every turn possible now, they're doing it again uh, because the pretense is, of course, his wife. 
Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, they just since this confirmation hearing, they've they've constantly been out of this guy after this guy. He can't think for himself. He's an affirmative action pick. He's too dumb to speak at oral arguments. He's Antonin Scalia's lawn jockey on and on, all this abuse. Now, some fair-minded people on the center left have finally realized that this is a, an original and um, really serious jurisprudential uh, thinker, you know, a ser- real s- serious jurist, but the left doesn't believe that. Now that now they want us to believe that his decisions are all about serving the interests of his wife, you know, who is a political activist. It's crazy. I mean, she sent a lot of texts about to Mark Meadows during the um, aftermath of the election, but that doesn't mean he has to recuse himself. It's okay for, the, for your wife to have political opinions, and there's just zero indication that he's yeah been anything other than consistent his entire yeah. life in the way he looks at the law and the Constitution. I'm not sure it's okay for your wife to have any political opinions, i got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you. know, it was a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I, w- I went to the Harvard Club with John Katsimatidis, our friend, to, to watch uh, Kathy Hochul speak, and I walked right past the Greek restaurant. It's on the same block. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, same block. And it occurred to me, I go, wait a second. Thursday is opening day in the Bronx. Justin Alec is going. Yankees and the Red Sox. And that bastard, which Larry didn't even invite me. <laughs> terrible. Are you going? Are you going? No, no. I, I'm a little down on going to baseball games. It's so long. I can't take it. Too yeah. long? Really? It, yeah, it, too long. Really, it should be seven innings. Uh, uh, Listen, Rich Larry, you're great every Monday. Uh, Editor of the National Review, Rich Larry, thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. Have a great week. Uh, It's a great job, Rich. Thank you so much. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law dot com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.